I'm half baked. I'm Victoria. I'm Sarah D. This is Mike V. Who are you? Nobody. Now I'm a. I have done a lot of things and worn a lot of hats, but right now in life, I am a uh, professional coffee roaster, um, commercial coffee roaster, um, and a consultant in the coffee industry. And I also uh, import and sell an amazing uh, latte syrup, pure cane sugar from Guatemala. Are we allowed to post that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, of course, of course. So I am uh, I'm the Mid-Atlantic distributor for Rose Syrups, uh, which is a new product that is launched in the United States. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy that I'm doing that right now. So you're like a coffee drug dealer. I am a coffee dealer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's not like secretly, like it's, he sells kilos and buys kilos. I move a lot more energy. of coffee. I'm over, I'm over a half beans. a million pounds of coffee right now of under my belt. Beans. So. How are you carrying that? Uh, I don't carry <laughs> Somebody else does that for me. All I do is roast. He's no. is, is, is there, That's right. Yeah, I don't lift nothing. Is there like a coffee cartel? I mean, yeah. So, yeah, of course. So, like, if you think, well, no, if you think, if you think of like, so this, well, according to Mike, right? It's conspiracy theory. But if you watch Narcos, did you watch Narcos? No. Gotta watch Narcos. Awesome. But if you watch Narcos, coincidentally, the big spike in Colombian coffee being used in the United States was also when all the cocaine was coming to the United States because they initially used, they did, they used the coffee to smuggle the cocaine back then, um, and. all of a sudden, we were using like all this coffee from Colombia. So it, it is not currently the most used coffee in America. Brazil is actually oh, oh. the most imported coffee. About seventy-ish percent of the coffee in the United States is Brazil. Mm. But yeah, so it is. Uh, I got into that in the military, which we'll talk about, I guess, later after we're done with it. Because I'm here to talk about we little list DJ yeah. stuff, yeah, which was cool. List. So what did you do, man? I start so. I'm one of those, so I guess I could start by saying like, and it's the way that I got into like latte syrup distribution. If some, my grandpa always told me like, if somebody asks you if you can do something, even if you can't, don't say no, don't say, I don't know how, say yes and then figure it out. Okay. Right? So like a lot of the things that I've gotten into, I have like gotten into by accident like or, into. or somebody came to me with like a need and said like, Hey, do you know anybody that blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'll do it. I'll learn. And yeah. yeah learn and so like D- DJ. Yeah, exactly. Well, the DJ was kind of like that. And before I was a DJ, I was a photographer. And all this happened while I was active duty in the military. Okay. And so like I did adult industry photography and I kind of fell into that. And like yeah, it was, okay. it started out like, hey, I want to take a photo of my motorcycle. I built a custom motorcycle. Right. And then I was like, well, I want to shoot. Like I need a model to pose my bike. But then it was like, wait a minute. I'm not going to pay somebody to shoot yeah. it. Like. Right. Well, no, at first it was like bikini, like regular bikini stuff. Right. And I'm like, I'll do it. And then the owner of- You want a bikini on your motorcycle? Take a picture. With myself. Yeah, myself. Yeah, it was beautiful. I love it. Um, I was I that. I was in better shape. I want that on a poster. We will. Yeah, we'll do okay, it. Yeah. Uh, you should see me in a bikini. It's crazy. <laughs> so, you know, when I- So I met the guy who owned Bayside Harley Davidson. And I was actually at Outer Banks Bike Week, one of the first ones they did. And he had a bikini show and there was like three girls in the bikini show. And I thought that shit was whack. I was like, this is whack. Like, where's all the girls? So I went to him and I said like, dude, you need a better bikini show. Like you need like 10 girls. So he goes, he, he goes, if you can get me the girls, I'll pay you. And I was like, oh shit, really? And he's like, yeah. So I'm like, well, wait a minute. You're going to pay me to get to book girls for your bikini show? So like, like contest was like a contest. No, so like he paid me like a booking agent basically. Yeah, it was a bikini contest and it right. was like for money. So 
the next bikini show they did, I was like a stout. Yeah. So I basically just went out and I was like, I just randomly was like, Hey, do you want to be in a Harley bikini show? And girls were like, yeah, fuck yeah. And that was back when like, um, have a nice day cafe and all that shit was open down there. So I used to like hit up a lot of the waitresses there and stuff. Yeah. And I ended up booking like, well, I learned a secret. If you book 18, maybe like 10 will show up. So, um, so I learned that lesson and then, um, yeah, so that, but then that, those girls became like, like, Hey, do you want to shoot on this motorcycle? Now, mind you, I didn't know shit about photography at the time. So I basically like figured it out. Right. It's a self-taught. Then I met other photographers in the area who were like, just tips. Let me work with you. Right. So I apprenticed under like Chris Goodman and a bunch of other photographers that at the time were doing a lot of the, the glamour and like modeling shots. Yeah. And then, and then like you said, then, you know, bikini shit ends to like, well, let me take my top off, you know? Yeah. And then the next thing you know, you're producing like adult content and it pays well. So I was like, I guess this is what I'm doing. Right. So I did that while I was in the Coast Guard, which is crazy. And I made a lot of money doing that. And then one of my deployments, I met. So we're getting into the DJ thing. Yeah. I met a DJ who was on a special ops team with me. Uh-huh. And we were deployed and we went to Greece and we had some downtime. So he said, I'm going out to a club to like play a gig. And I was like, let's go. Well, well no, my lieutenant was like, yo, I don't want him getting in trouble because I was a senior enlisted guy and he was like a junior. He was like an E4. Uh, so they're like, go with him. Make sure he doesn't get in trouble. Right. But in my back of my mind, I'm like, who's going to make sure I don't get in trouble? But whatever. <laughs> so I went with him to the club. And up to that point, we were watching him. He had this little mini DJ deck, like for travel. And he's like spinning and shit. And he was good. This guy was like, I'll tell you, Steve, Stevie B, Stephen B from Miami. Uh-huh. Um, this guy was like big in Miami. He's playing all the clubs in Miami. This guy was a legit, like a real fucking DJ. It wasn't yeah. like he was just some hobby guy. So I was like, dude, show me like a little bit of what you're doing. This looks fascinating. So he would show us stupid shit in the hotel room. So long story short, we go to this club. He's in the DJ booth. I was posing as his photographer because uh-huh. we weren't supposed to tell anybody we were there at the military. Right. Take a picture of him in the booth and shit. And Stephen was a wild dude. And when I tell you, Stephen B was like a physical specimen of a man. Like the dude was like the rock. Like he's just this big, dark skin, like Hispanic looking dude and just like girls. Like you were always the ugly friend when you went out. Right. <laughs> so. That's how I feel like when I'm with you. So, <laughs> stop it. Don't. So Stevie B like was like, hey, Jump in the boot. So I mean, we were like, the guy was giving us bottles. I mean, DJs are treated in Europe very differently than here. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like way fucking different. It's like celebrity yeah. status over there. So the guy's like bringing us bottles of Patron in the DJ booth. I'm like, I could barely get a damn cheese fry here. You know? <laughs> so I'm just like, wow, free Patron. Like, oh, holy shit. We're pouring, we're pouring fucking Patron out of the DJ booth in girls' mouths like little birds. So like, you know, we're like, yeah, man. So Stephen B goes up to, now I'm just feeling the vibe and I love, I'm like an empath. So I love, like, I just feel the energy of the club. Right. Which, You'll find out later we talk about really comes in handy as a DJ. Right. So I didn't know this at the time. So I'm up in the club in the in the booth and Stevie B's like, I'm going to the bathroom. Yeah. Right. You got this, right? You got this. No, no, he's like, just watch, he's like, just watch the track because it's long enough that I can get to the bathroom. So he thought. So he leaves. And maybe if he went to the bathroom and came back. No, he didn't have a booth. I look over and the so the, the track blinks towards the end of the track, like the last like 30 seconds or so. It uh-huh. blinks red. So the track's flashing. Now, the next track was queued up. So I'm like, all right. So I'm getting nervous. Now my heart's starting to beat fast. And I'm like, but I look over and Steven is on top of the bar uh-huh. with his shirt undone. And the and the, the bartender is in her bra on the bar and they're making out. Like, fuck. <laughs> so I look over and I'm like, oh, shit. Now you can't hear. Like, 
I can't yell. He's like, Ray. So I was like, what am I going to do? So I was like, I looked down and I'm like, it's on me. So I have to do this. be the hero. So I was like, just do what he taught you. So like I tapped the cue button, like four, I was like, one, two, three, hit the play button. I, the track was like magic, like just lined up. It just like, I got lucky basically. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And I just like, Swap this fucking crossfader over. And it was like a Rihanna song at the time, the cattle was like diamonds or whatever. But it was like a banger, you know, one of the summer hits. And all the fucking people in the club like were like, yeah. And they threw their hands up and I was like, yeah. And I was like, fuck yeah. And like this fucking wave of energy hit me. And I was like, I want it fucking amazing. And so he so he's on the bar, and I'll never forget, he stopped and he looked over at me and he went like this. He pointed, he was like, like, that's my motherfucker. And I was like, yes and then so he came back and gave me a hug and he's like yo how was that and i was like dude that was like fucking crazy it was like a drug right like, i got a high from that and he goes it's every time bro this is what it's about and i was like i want to be a fucking dj <laughs> and so he was like we'll work on it so literally the net the rest of the deployment i just dj'd with this motherfucker like yeah. every day when we weren't working i was like sitting there with his headphones and i was just spinning mixing tracks came back to new york city i was stationed in new york um Came back to New York, Googled, there's got to be like a music school that teaches DJ shit. Right. So I was like, DJ school. There was a really cool school at the time called Dubspot, which was like very like legendary, like DJs had started the school uh-huh. and it was in New York City and it was like a three-story building, music studios, turntables, the whole nine yards. Um, I mean, it was like famous, like DMC world champion DJs right. were teaching at this school. So I enrolled in the DJ Academy basically and went every Sunday, got like one-on-one instruction and group instruction with uh, DJ Esto, DJ Precision, DJ Spectacular was my men- my main mentor. Um, it was like crazy to sit with these guys that like, like he was most deaf's tour DJ. Yeah. So to sit with these guys and actually like learn from them, it was like next level instruction. So I took it, like I do everything, I go buck wild. Right. Like I don't just Always. go like, yeah. yeah, I don't go like, I'm just going to learn a DJ. I'm like, I bought like fucking turntables. I bought an electronic mixer. Yeah. I bought everything. I'm like, I'm like, whatever the best gear at the time is, I'm buying all of it. I sold all my photography shit. Yeah. I was like, I'm double fucking models. I'm double photographers. Uh-huh. Double all this bullshit. That's a whole fucked up scene. We could talk about that on a whole other podcast. <laughs> the perverts with cams was a big thing at the time. And yeah. all the bullshit. So everything. I know. I know they are. And everything. Still well, because it was like, and then everything became fucking digital editing. And it was like, I had to be more Photoshop. I was like an old school photographer with my light meter and shit. I'm like, I want to do real photography. I don't want to do graphic arts. Right. So I was like, fuck this shit. I'm out. Time for prints. You know, bullshit like that. I'm like, no, right. I want money. And I'm a DJ, which also doesn't really pay well. That well, you can, we'll talk about that here. That here. Yeah. Well, that actually, here. You know, I'll tell you why the it DJ. Depends. It, yeah, it depends. It does. It does. It does. There, it there does. is. There is. There is. There is gigs that pay good. Yeah. But I will say, like, I just got into it, and then that was it. And then when I moved, I got some really cool gigs up there. I DJed for Robert Toshi Chan, and um, he was in The Departed, the movie The Departed. It was like a mob movie. Yeah. He was like the Asian gangster, and he owned. Um, no, he owned the Flatiron Hotel. I forgot. I got to make this while we're sitting here. So he made the, he owned the Flatiron Hotel and he had uh, Motown bands and I did all the band breaks, which was pretty cool. So <laughs> after that, I moved here to Hampton Roads and met some really cool fucking DJs like Kevin Bell and Dex and all these cool DJs that basically kind of like got me, you know, I started DJing with them and gigging with them. And then, you know, I basically hit the club scene. I ended up on the radio. Back then I was on Hot 100.5. And that, the way I got into strip club DJing was because when I moved from New York, 
DJs in New York don't talk in the microphone. Right. That's not a thing. Yeah. There's MCs for that, right? Right. So when I moved here, I remember it was actually Central 111. And I remember like the owner came over to me and he was like, hey, can you get on the mic? And I looked at him like, what? Yeah. And I was like, what? the what? And he's like, the microphone. And I'm like, I don't fucking have a microphone. And he's like, what? I'm like, why would I have a microphone? I'm not an MC. And he's like, nah, this is Virginia, man. Like <laughs> the DJs get on the microphone. And I was like, oh. And on the radio, at the time I was just mixing. Yeah, I was like, what do I do with my hands? Right. So I just mixed on the radio. So I never got to talk. But then at their live gigs, I was starting to do their live gigs. They're right. like, you got to have microphones. And I'm like, oh. So then I, I was talking to a guy at Hot in the production studio and I was like, how do I learn how to talk in the microphone? And believe it or not, he literally mentioned Twist by name. He's like, go to Minx. He's like, go to Minx. He's like, right. DJ Twist is a fucking master he's on the microphone. Yeah. But you know, he used to be in radio down in North Carolina. He was like big that. in radio. He did radio for like a long, I forgot how many years, but it was a long time. So he was like a radio legend and that's how they knew about him. They're like, DJ Twist will teach you. So oh, amazing on the mic. So He's got the, a good voice for it. Too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. And so at the time, I was DJing at Pearl Club, which the owner of Minx owned. Did you remember Pearl Club? I don't remember that at all. Well, that was after my time, I think. Yeah, after I my think time. it lasts too long. It was a year and a half, maybe. Yeah. I was out of there in like 2009, 2010. It was after my yeah, yeah, because I moved here in 10. I want to say Pearl Club was like 12. Yeah. 2012. I was the resident DJ there and the Booker DJ, so I did nice all that. Yeah. Beautiful club, it was absolutely. Good. It was well, I tell you, it was too nice for this area. That's what I... Where was it? Uh, over by Central. Uh, what was that? What's that street called? It's by... Um, Great Neck. Yeah, right by that area. What's that? Oh, the first uh, place right there. By my, uh, right by the vet. I know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, La Chambord. No, it's not La Chambord. Citrus? Citrus is right there. Citrus. Yeah. You, there were citruses there. Yeah. yeah. So I did I did that. And then I met, of course, the owner of Minx. And he was like, hey... Like he, I, I did a lot of his... Well, I started doing his club. Then I started doing his private parties. So... <laughs> So long story short, um, he goes, you should DJ at Minx. And at the time I was like, and, and I remember I needed to learn. So I said, well, I need to learn from Twist, like microphone shit anyway. So I ended up going to Minx and meeting Twist and saying like, I, I am terrible in the microphone. I feel embarrassed. He's like, you got a great voice. Like we'll work on it. And I was like, okay. So he's like, we want you to do the wet t-shirt contest on Wednesdays. Oh, I remember that. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the Twister. The twisters. Yeah. So I used to do yeah. that on Wednesdays and I would mix it. And also, uh, at the, at first he would get on the mic and then eventually he started training me and I would yeah. like started with just announcing the, the girls. Yep. Yeah. No, I remember. That's how I met you. This whole gap from like that time. Yeah. So I've, I've been over. Were you there for the cranberry wrestling? I did. So I did KY jelly wrestling. Ooh, that's was, messy. It was, but it was oh. awesome. It was like the coolest thing in the world. I don't, I don't know who won. I can feel he was very very even you know yeah really yeah. but i remember um i was just about to get my boobs done or something and uh i had to wash all this ky out of these dollar bills and so i sat oh gross like i had under the tub and i like brick layered brick layered all my fucking dollar bills he's like it's money laundering well, like, literally exactly yeah no i had to like scrub it out like so much yeah it was fucking bleh. But it was like three hundred dollars. Oh yeah, so I'm a clean lad. Yeah, that's like an air dryer. Put it in the dryer. One of those like uh, we didn't do KY dryer. when I was there. It was just the water and then this the, 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 the cranberry the, for Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's and then cool. the uh, and then the, uh, the the twister for like they would bring up like the did we do a slime too? Not well. I, I wasn't there that night. I think there was two. Probably because someone I think Jenny used to dress up in a referee outfit. 
Yeah. Probably, I don't remember this line, but. I hope uh, she did this. Right. It was fun. I mean, it's cool. Well, so here's, so here's. Yes. We can do it at GW on the liquor side. The way the stage is set up. It'd be perfect for it. Yeah. And it would probably, yeah, it would be something to do. I'm like, shit. So, we noticed about that night. Well, we'll talk about that when we get to one of the questions about why you need a DJ in the club. Uh, but part of the, what that was, was like, I would DJ. So in Minx, it was very different because I would DJ what the girls wanted me to DJ if they remembered to tip me out. Right. Which most of them did. Yep. But a lot of them didn't. And uh, yeah, you'd be surprised. So like, well, no, I wouldn't be. I, I used to actually keep a list and I would sit by the door. Right. And then as they would leave, I would check their name. Right. So that the next time I came in, I would have that checkbox. So then I remember Now I understood like, well, yeah. And I understood. Yeah, exactly. And like, so if a girl came up to me, I was like, hey, like, here's like 10 bucks or whatever. Because I did get a rate from the club too. Right. But it was less than I would normally make as a DJ. But then, of course, the tips. But I will tell you, like, like Victoria, there was a lot of girls that always took care of me. They were always awesome. They always remember. But there was other girls that would get super fucked up and then always use that as an excuse, never tip right. me out, but then get mad when I wouldn't play their song. One of my funniest moments when you ask, like, your favorite moments was I played a fucked up song on purpose to piss off a girl Ooh, because, too. because she basically repeatedly non-tipped me out. And I actually cleared it with the owner. I was like, oh, I'm going to fuck this. When she's on stage, I'm dropping some corny shit. She's going to dance to it. And, <laughs> and I remember she actually tried to not dance. And I remember like the manager at the time behind the bar like pointing him was like, fucking dance. You know, like do it. And she was so mad at me. But And then after that, she tipped me out. Yeah. But it was, uh, but LA's, when I used to do LA's, LA's would actually let me DJ like a nightclub, which was cool. So it, okay. it, we would do like, it was like, like a nightclub. Right. Which in Europe, a lot of the strip clubs are like that. They're like the DJ is like a DJ at a, like a club DJ, and right. he just spins like he's spinning fucking house right. music. And the girls just take whatever they do their thing. They get up and they dance, but it's not like you don't announce their names or anything. It's, it's just more like go go dancing. Yeah, but it's like a nightclub feel. Right. So like the DJ is like a legit club DJ, and he's throwing a fucking set down. Like he's not worrying about like this girl wants right. to hear metal and this girl wants to hear fucking show tunes and this girl. You know, it's like he's right. just, <laughs> he's a show tunes. Yeah, I think he would. <laughs> I would have played it for you if you asked. Um, that's the only thing that sucks about like how we have like um, sets and like rotations yeah. and stuff because like we're so used to like start finish song start finish song yeah like you know but the way you know DJs go just goes right into it and so we've tried it before and girls are like what is this in, is this Loose. another song yeah. yeah you don't know like, they don't know when you change just fucking feel it yeah. out yeah, you don't, you don't, right? yeah, you don't know the change. And that, so like, that was cool at LA's that we did that, but that was like a special thing. They right. would have me and Steven Dotson. I don't know if you know, he's another local DJ, uh, awesome DJ. And he's the one who brought me into LA's. And then I ended up DJing, me and him DJed LA's and Kenny's wedding, which I thought was cool too. Yeah. Uh, but it was like, so it was, uh, it was more open format and I liked that. And then but Minx was very much like the beginning of the night, the girls would come and they would give me their requests. And so sometimes that in the beginning that made me nervous because I'm like I don't have a lot of this shit. So like especially like your music, you got the yeah. Top, like, well, like most deep, like oh, I'm a house music DJ, right? So I don't have like like a lot of rock and metal and stuff like that. So I'm right. just like I don't like she's asking for stuff and I'm like uh so I'm on so I'm like on YouTube like and all these like download pools like ripping music like stat, like while I'm in the booth so I'm literally like downloading songs while playing songs and announcing girls. I got really fast at it eventually, Most and I guys. still have my Minx folder which is crazy because there's like, I'm not even kidding, like 7,000 songs in this folder. And it's like, now if, I, if somebody asks me for something that's like weird, 
I go into Minks folder, it's there. Yeah. I'm like, it's there. I know, last time I went to Minks and Twist was working, I mean, I wasn't working there for like three years. He still had my folder, like all my Oh, yeah. Music. DJs never delete playlists. Fuck yeah. I got weddings from like eight years ago. I still have the wedding folders because you never know when you're going to need them. And I remember songs based on yeah. gigs. So it's easier for me to be like, oh, I remember I played that at this wedding. Find the wedding folder. Rather than like, you know. Yeah. So I would tell you, DJs never delete really playlists. I wonder if Twist has mine. I guarantee he does. That's awesome. So when I was there, I would go. So Twist had a separate setup than me. But I remember seeing hundreds of folders of girls' names on his list. Yeah. That like, as far back as like, probably he had like forever. Like I when he first started. I fucking love Twist. He was awesome. He was like very good on mic. Oh yeah. He's where I learned. People are now are like, because even a lot of house music DJs aren't big on the mic, but when I do house shows, like I'll get on the mic and DJs are like, damn, they're really good on the mic. And I'm like, twist, man, like strip club life. So that's where I learned it. I mean, you have, like, you have to, like the DJ, MC, whatever brings the vibe to the club. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. if you're sitting there going, you know, blah, 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 next up on stage, it's Victoria and Sarah and, you know, who the fuck is paying attention? You yeah, know what I mean, like voice, the music, people, everything. Right. You know, people, they want to be excited. They're like, oh, well, they don't. That is crazy. You're so strong. You're so strong. So this is like actually almost like an espresso machine and that it's creating pressure. Yeah. It's called AeroPress. So is there like a filter on the other, like on this there bottle part? Yeah, I'll show you after can you imagine trying to do that every morning? This is how I make my coffee every day. I am such a lazy bitch. Curious, put in a little, a little cake. Or Victoria, can you pick up Starbucks? It's Starbucks, good. So this is like AeroPress. Shout out to AeroPress. Fucking love this thing, man. Like they're great on social media too. Like they're one of the few companies that's big that if you hit them up on social media, they will answer you or repost your shit. Yeah. Um, so, you basically just got an Americano of Liberica coffee from Malaysia. Take a sniff of that. Oh, my God. Your coffee is, or your tea, tea. is sweet. You have oh mango black. Look at this. So, yours is a little bit easier. Boop. There you go. Oh, my God. Wait, where's my creamer? I'm going to get it. It's in the cream? fridge. Creamer? I tried to get your attention. You were, like, in the weeds. So, I was like, all right, straight up. I'll see here. you in the podcast. But... I do that too. Do you really? So yes. Good. When I get the little packets, I drink them. When I was a kid, I used to drink the little ones at the yeah. diner. You open them up and do shots I of it. I fucking love milk. Like, I will drink it straight out of carton. I mean, I fucked up. What? How do we mix this? Um, a Which, spoon? A spoon? Or a stir? I just use my finger. Use your finger. Do it. do it. And then lick your finger afterwards, but do it like <laughs> real slow for the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's hot. Well, yeah. 195 degrees. Is it good? Oh my god. Is it better than Starbucks? I made a t shirt for I my website. It, it, like, okay, so Starbucks tastes like coffee flavored milk. Yeah. It's sweet, it's thick, whatever. Mm. Thick. This is like, <laughs> this is like real coffee. Yeah. It is. It is. So you need it. Like, Expertly roasted. I'm gonna change your coffee life. I need a miracle. I'm seriously gonna change your coffee life. Um, We'll talk about that more at the end. But uh, yeah, that is that is that is like I said. What you'll probably never see that coffee again in your life unless I get it again and make it for you. I'll I'll never drink this coffee again. 
one percent of the coffee grown in the world is Liberian coffee. Yeah. God damn. God damn. God damn. So, so was there like a way you like to introduce like your girls? Yeah. Like, did you introduce them differently if you like them more? Yeah, absolutely. Hell yeah, I did. Hell yeah, I did. And that's like question four. He's like, did you like every girl? And I just wrote fuck no down. Right. Because my whole question is, do you like every girl that you dance Hell with? Hell no. Exactly. Right. Do you like every girl? Hell no. So, they know it. Same, same thing. Absolutely that right now. So you're right. So like, if a girl was like nasty to me or had an attitude or whatever, I'd be like, you know, next up to the stage, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm just going to do same. basic shit. But like, Courtney, next. Yeah. <laughs> next time. No, I never was like that bad. But I mean, I would like give them a basic, you know, I give them energy and shit, but I'm not going to go. But like, so to me, it's like a DJ's like wordplay, right? For example, like, if a girl's like coming out to like back that ass up, I'd be like, you know, right. like I'd be like, you know, Victoria Bones is about to back that ass up, you know, right. like I kind of do a fun little thing yeah, played yeah, off the yeah. song because then when you drop that song, the customers are like, oh shit, that's like, right. okay, yeah, I see what he did there. Yeah. And so I would do stuff like that. Also, that depended on kind of like my energy for the night, the club's energy. You know, you got two people in the crowd, yeah, you're like, it's not as much, but when I got like, when I had like, there were, I when mean, it was like packed. We, our Wednesdays got pretty damn busy there. And what I liked about it is they always did like seven or eight girls. That was it. So it was like a smaller amount. Cause like, I will tell you what, like you asked me what my worst experience, I was going to say, and when you asked me what my worst experience was, I got used to Wednesdays and I got really good at Wednesdays. And eventually twist just let me announce the everything. Yeah. He let me do the twister and everything. He just would hang with his, with his lady. What killed me was... What killed me was the first Saturday he asked me to cover him. Wait, no This is important. Did you get him? Nah, you didn't. Oh, God. In the last recording, she fucking killed a fly on my hand. Oh, I with did. With a fly swatter. And it went and fell on my phone. Anyway. You're lucky. Did I get it? Yes, and it's on my phone. I got it. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. <laughs> he spat it off my hand. I didn't want it to fly away. Right. Lady. I wouldn't let her swing up at No, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I don't even. I need like some fucking bubble wrap. And, I, this is why I never leave my house. We're gonna decurse you soon. This is why I always go to her for recording. <laughs> right. So we, so we went um, Saturday. They asked me to come in, and I was like, I had no idea what I was getting into. Yeah. And like, literally, there was like 27 girls, and they just kept coming in with all these requests, and then like, the list just kept getting bigger. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, like, and I'm trying to do the order because right. I had to set the order, and I'm like. Holy shit. And then the girl's like, I don't want to dance before her. I want to go after her. Right. I'm like, I'm like, oh, fuck. And it was just like so overwhelming. And Twist was out of town, which is why he asked me to cover him. And that made me so fuck that anxiety that night. Like, right. It was fucking crazy. Do they still do it as uh, like when you when you go in? So like I used to go in at eight o'clock. Right. So I'd be on stage at eight and then probably like eight thirty, eight forty five. But then like as the girls started coming in, it, it just pushed me yeah. further back. So I'd go on stage I, like twice between like eight. I five. actually, well, so I only did like a couple Saturdays, but like, like I said, on Wednesday, it was easy because the girls were all there about the same time and they were yeah. like, it was a small crew and it was like, I would, I, I, to me, it was like, I thought the elite crew of Minx, like I always thought it was. Yeah, right. And it was like, cause they would never put like newbies on a Wednesday it, and, and then all the girls would do decent. And right. I mean, I had people that used to come out just to see me DJ. Like they would yeah. come to Minx, they're just like, yo, it's like a party atmosphere, like. It's like a house party. That's what and you they like that. need. Sure. And any club. Why is any, yeah, yeah any club. And so we talk about how the scene has changed and that's really what, so one of the things that's killed the DJ community is COVID. Um, part of, <laughs> and this is one little fucking gnat, man. 
one of the things oh, that killed it, COVID, he's trying to get in there. COVID is, um, it brought, number one, a lot of DJs stopped DJing because of COVID. Yeah. I actually retired from DJing right before COVID, 2019, summer. Did my last gig at Lunacy. I was like, I'm done with the club scene. Um, right. You know, I had already left Minx before that. Actually, I right. I left there before, right before my daughter was born. Um, and then... Little babies. Yep, little baby summer. And then I went to... Um, I did a big show in 2019. It was like an anime convention. It was like thousands of people. I did this big rave. Ooh, next time we get to the DJ event, we should go and we have a good little dancers. All right, I'm down. I can make that happen. I'm down. We can do yeah, and we can be like, oh, they're from podcasts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we can do that. So no, so November, I got up on stage and I, I got very emotional during my set. It was just awesome, and it was like I realized like probably the biggest crowd I'm gonna play in front of. Like, especially, like, locally. And I wasn't looking to be, like, a tour DJ or anything. Right. So I just basically grabbed the mic at the end of my set. And I was like, this is my last set. And I was like, I'm retiring. And everybody was like, what? So, of course, the crowd knew me. This is the second time I played that show. So people were like, no, do one more, do one more. So actually, I promised one more. At the end of the show, the promoter put me on spot on stage. And I promised one more. That was probably one of my coolest DJ moments ever. Because just that amount of love from the crowd and the energy of that many people is fucking insane. Right. Like, it, it's the closest I got to that drug hit in Greece, in Greece that started me. Like, yeah. so then I was like, fine, I'll do one more. But then 2020 was COVID. Right. So they didn't do the anime convention. So they finally redid it in 21. I hadn't been DJing for two years. And they, the right. promoter called me and he's like, you're on for this convention, right? And I was like, no, dude, I'm done. And he's like, you said one more. I'm like, yeah, I said one more the next year. It's been two years. He's like, well, I'm sure you'll be good. You're doing the show. And I was like, all right. So I did it and it was amazing. And then it brought back a lot of that shit. And I was like, I got to come out of retirement. So at the time I was DJing under 401k, which was my DJ name. Um, that was actually a stab at my ex-girlfriend, which was like, it was a joke that kind of carried itself. And then I came back recently under Mikey V, which is, that's what I was doing podcasts. So when I left radio, um, I I left DJing and radio and everything kind of at the same time, I got into podcasting because I loved podcasting. So I had uh, me and DJ Chris Alani had a comedic podcast, and then he dipped out of that. So I closed it down. Um, I did Kevin Bianchi and um, Big Vino, Vino Baker, and Shelby McPherson. They had a podcast for a while, oh, a comedic okay. podcast. I did their podcast. I produced it and was a guest, like a host. And then um, I did Spartaca Fight League, the MMA league. I did their oh, podcast, yeah. um, Spartaca Radio. So. I love doing that, and then uh, that brought me back. So I was like, I'm just going to do Mikey V now, and that's so I say I left the nightlife, but then I came back to the nightlife, and really this year was when I really started doing clubs again. Yeah. Uh, so I've been doing you know different clubs in the yeah. area. Yeah. I know you came into the club not too long ago. Is it different from like when yeah. you used to? Yeah. So I noticed it was so like there's no DJs anymore. I don't think I think Nick. I, Nick still has Twist, right? I would think. Last time I went there, Twist is there, but not full time. I don't think there's like a DJ. I, I know like the clubs you guys dance at, there's no DJ. No, it's well, it's, Spotify. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Right. But, there's, so, but there isn't like a DJ. No. So no, I noticed, not, like, I noticed yeah. more of a subdued vibe in the club. Like it didn't have that like house party atmosphere. And whoever was announcing, it was more like technical, like almost like uh, a recorded announcement. Like, like. Next up is Jenny, blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Like, okay. Like, there wasn't a lot of hype. There wasn't yeah. a lot of energy. It's like so, that in a lot of clubs now. Yeah. And so, like, I felt like it was kind of a lack of that. I wasn't really paying attention to it. And I kind of felt more 
Like, yeah. like me and my boy were there to party because he's getting married and it was like his little going away thing. He was great. <laughs> he's, he's <laughs> awesome, dude. dude I think y'all changed his fucking life. Uh, no, he never been. He had never been to a, like uh, like a like a dance club. He's like, like that. I know a girl for you. <laughs> I was like, oh, I literally, like, when he said that, I literally texted her immediately, like, please tell me you're working tonight. She's like, yeah. And I'm like, we're coming. We're coming in. Uh, That's awesome. And what's funny is I had not, so oddly enough, right, I had not been in a club since I left the last right. night at Minx, which was like 2017, 2018, something like right. that. And I never had gotten a lot of this. Uh-huh. Ever. All that time working there, mm-hmm. I never, because I, like, I felt weird mixing business and pleasure you know what i'm right. saying like, yeah, yeah. i saw the other side of it so it's like when you see behind the curtain you're like eh. well also like i see all the girls drama and shit and fighting like, and you this know and that. Person. yeah i knew all right. of them so yeah. i'm just like so it felt weird to me like almost creepy to be like hey you be a lot dance so like I know your lot... baby daddy just left you yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 i know you're begging for a ride home later but like hey let me get a lot dance <laughs> but then like the last time i went in to see her i actually was like yo you're gonna give me my first like right lap dance which is fun how so, was it like, let's read it so so people can 10 out, of, 10 out of 10. It was 10 out of 10. Yeah. I was like a big, she knew, I was like a big kid in the candy. So I was like, this is, how did I never do this before? This is so much fun. No, she does. She's great. Hear that? Yeah. 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah. 10 she's out great. 10. So it was a lot of fun. Top notch. Uh, yeah. And my friend will also vouch for that. So 10 out of 10 super again. Happy. Two 10 out of 10. So we should awesome. rate us. We should have like a little, yeah. little tally mark. Right. Yeah. Like Yelp, but for Fucking dancers. sucks. So no more. Yelp. We'll call it Yelp. I don't know. <laughs> we yell at a lot of people. This is true. Yeah. But no, 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 no. Um, so no, so that was, so I noticed that that vibe was like kind of chill. So me and him were having a good time, but like there wasn't like, I don't know when I used to DJ at the club, I felt like the crowd was more like grouped so, together, like well, almost so like when, a club, you know? Yeah. Well, when you were DJing, that's how it was ever since COVID happened. Everything has fucking changed. Yeah. Everything, yeah, everything like even with social media, yeah. like websites, OnlyFans, like all the shit. Everything yeah. has fucking changed. Because it's like mm-hmm. you can you can get like one on one like time with girls, but then it's not really personal. You got yeah. I mean, but that's the point to take them back in VIP. Yeah, you know what I mean. Of course, like, you don't even have to go back there and dance. You can just it's quiet. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I do that a lot. Right. Yeah, it's one on one time. But ever since COVID, I mean, I mean, even when I started dancing in like 2007, 2006, yeah. God damn, it was different. Like you had people that were just like every song that came on, they're like, ah, oh, you know, yeah. like they're well, getting money. It was crap. Know? Well, so here's the thing. And this is what DJs bring to the table, right? A good DJ knows how to read a crowd. A good DJ knows right. how to feel the energy in the room, right? And then whip that energy into like a froth. Right. I literally... I brought up Steve Dotson and the reason I brought him up, like when I first moved here, that dude could start a fight in a club with music. Like he was that, like, no, seriously, I'm not even joking. No, like, no, like I remember, like, no, I'm not even joking. He did it. He did it one time. We were in the club. He's like, you want to see a fight? Joking around. Like, I was like, what? And I just moved here from New York. And again, I was like pretty new to DJing. So I didn't think, I was like, nah, you're kidding me. He goes, watch this. Yo, in three songs, he had dudes pushing each other on a dance floor. And then he brought it back down. And I'm like, Yo, that is like crazy crowd control. And I will say like, I learned crowd control from him watching him because you, you feel the crowd, you feel that energy. And like you said, you want to hype that crowd up because that's, that's how they throw money. Right. Right. So also like, it's a balance of playing what the girls want to play. 
right? right? But also Which, playing what the crowd wants to hear and what's going to get them going like this. But also at the same time, if you are a good dancer, no matter what fucking song you're, is on, you're right. you, you can dance. You know, I don't so, give a shit yeah, what it is. I don't, there's money being thrown at me. I don't think yeah. it was you. I want to say I thought it was you because... So one of my greatest moments in, in strip club DJ history was when a guy came up to me and he put a $100 bill on the DJ booth, which I would get tipped for yeah. songs, but yeah. not that much. Right. And he goes, Low, play Lil Wayne. Right? Yeah. So I was like, I was like, I'll, I'll get it in when I can. He goes, No, I want to hear Lil Wayne and I want to hear a lot of it. Dude, and I was I'm like, it. So then he took another hundred and put it on top of a hundred. So two hundred dollars. Now I'm like, Absolutely. Whoa. Wait, it is. Wait, so, <laughs> so I think Chris was the manager at the time. It was either Chris or Whitey. I can't remember. But one of them was down and I said, I, I like grabbed the money and I go, Yo, this dude wants to hear Lil Wayne. And I don't remember if it was you, but it was like one of the dancers that danced to more like rock and metal and stuff like that, that was up next. And I was like, I literally went in my album and searched Lil Wayne and pulled up like, like right. probably 30 songs. And I'm like, this motherfucker's getting a Lil Wayne mega mix. Right. And I did like a 15 minute Lil Wayne mega mix. Just mix. And I, and, I, and some of the girls at the time, the one that got on stage went like this, like, what the fuck? And I held up the hundred like that. And she goes, oh, okay. And she went out and killed it. But it wasn't like what she asked for. But like you said, right. a good dancer. Like she went out there and she ripped it and actually gave her some of that money. Right. And I don't remember See, if it was you or like who it was. Work together. Right. Like, because my thing is, look, I know you don't want to hear this shit, but this dude does. But also, he was throwing ones on stage right. while I was playing but, his music. Yeah, that's the thing too. I feel like a lot of people request music, but don't tip to it. Yeah. So I'll be on stage and be like, did you fucking request this? Yeah. Like, yeah I'm like, are, are you, you going to tip to it? Yeah. Or yeah. am I going to dance? Yeah. 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 Did like, you, were you there when the Insane Clown Posse? Yeah, guys I danced for them. Yeah. I danced ICP and they yeah. took the shit yeah. out of me. I DJed that night. Yeah. And I actually, so when me. they walked in, they were being like super low key about uh, it. I actually played one of their tracks while they came in for you. And That's right. That was you. Fucking tipped the shit and, you know, out of me. And he came over, he came over and shook my hand and was like, Yo, thanks for doing that. Because it wasn't even like, nobody came over and was like, yo, that's yeah, Insane Clown Posse. They didn't have makeup or anything on. Oh. Yeah, they were just like regular, they came in like regular dudes. Right. And then I recognized him and I'm like, oh, that's insane. Jimmy brought him in. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, yo, and I dropped his track and it was like, they were like, they looked over and they were like, and then he came over and shook my hand. He was like, yo, that's Luckily, cool. Luckily, I have an older brother. Yeah. <laughs> and I did some ACP song. Yeah. Right? yeah. I'm old, so I knew then. So. I went through a phase. Yeah. <laughs> we all did. Well, I'm still going through one time. Um, so yeah, so that's how it changed. And it's, I will say like, even the regular club scene has changed. Right. I think too, like, we talked about this, but younger people are not into clubs as much. Like this younger generation. Yeah. So like when I was 18, it was a rite of passage to go to the Tin Club in Jersey. Like you went, mm-hmm. right? I was a firefighter at the time. And I remember right before I joined the Coast Guard, all the older firefighters, 25, 30 year olds, they, when I turned 18, we went down 73 and we went to this, I forgot the name of it, but it was like a go-go place in Jersey. Mm-hmm. And that's, that was like rite of passage. Right, right. That's not a big thing anymore. Right. And like, I look back on, on like, how big of a deal that was when we turned 18. It's like, oh, we're going to the city club. Like kids nowadays, because we didn't have the internet. Like now I can go like, I want to see caramel sauce on titties and then like, whoop, and pop it up, right? You can't do that. Were you looking at that later? Yeah. Yeah. When I was, I have caramel sauce. No, (laughs) when I was a kid, when I was a kid, you before the 90s, you didn't have that, right? You had to to, like dig for your dad's Playboy magazine in the bathroom and like hope you could find it in the magazine, right? right? So like it wasn't on demand. So like right. going to the club was the way that you saw titties. Right. Yeah. So I think the kids don't appreciate that nowadays. Yeah. And also like even regular clubs, like the nightclub is older. If you go to a nightclub, it's older crowd. 
Right. Like yeah. younger kids, they're not big on like they they like music festivals and they like house parties. Right. Right. They're not big, and, and COVID has really brought the house party thing out. Right. Because people were doing that. Yeah, I don't think girls like understand how lucky they are to have an actual DJ. When I started dancing, it was the jukebox. Yeah. So you had a time. I started. At Did you have to pay? Yes. You had to pay. Yeah, I had to fucking pay. Yeah. Yeah. And I had to put my music exactly how I would pull. It would it would line up. And sometimes it yeah. wouldn't. Yeah. So I'm like. Some random song comes on. Oh, there you go on stage. Okay. Could customers go and fuck with it too? Yeah. Sometimes well, they I, can skip. I think at Mermaids, I think at Mermaids, oh, yeah, they have a jukebox. Yeah. You paid extra okay. with skip and put. But see, when I DJed at Minx, Mermaids, so Mermaids had a DJ. Because um, Minx has it in the VIP room. Yes. Okay. Minx had a DJ. Obviously, they had them. I think Minx at the time had the like, the the most like. DJ centric club like that, yeah. they yes. really relied I on the really, DJs. I really LA's like setup. He's like, up. yeah, it was like a real DJ. You the air, you could see yeah. the whole oh, I saw time. Everything. We went to the one in New York. You can see the DJ. We didn't even know cameras. Yeah, we didn't know where the DJ was at all. Oh, okay. See, it I saw crazy. It was like a movie theater. I saw some wild ass shit from that DJ booth. Ooh, I saw everything. Right. Um, I like he's a guy called a God's Eye. I could see everything. Right. I probably saw stuff people didn't want me to see. I saw stuff I didn't want to see. Right. But. uh with, but Mermaids was also like they had like uh, Jimmy uh, DJ Seven Twenty Seven. He was oh, good at Mermaids. He was nice. Yeah, he did Mermaids a lot. Um, he's the guy that brought me in. I guess I did a guest night with him. Um, and then uh, I do remember um, LA's had virtual DJ for the most part, and there was like a Latin dude that was there, and he would get on the mic. I can't I remember, remember his name. I remember his name? Was I remember his name? I just remember working there and finally requesting like rock, and everyone was just like, "What the." Well, so they had a good this. library of music, but the thing was, it was auto D. So he didn't actually like DJ. Right. He would just like, Press like button. kind of the same thing. What it, I mean, yeah, just select the song out of virtual DJ. Right. And then he would, but he was very good on the mic as right, well. Right. I actually learned quite a bit of mic stuff from him as well. Um, but then, but then when they, but, but she appreciated good DJs. So she would bring me yeah. and Dotson in and we would DJ like club style, right. um, which was cool. Now I thought the door. Okay. Um, so yeah. So anyway, that's how it's changed. And it's like, I think what's happened is too. COVID created a lot of these bedroom DJs and these like DJs that like got bored and they just bought equipment and self-taught themselves. Right. And they then, dancers, but then so, they're, yeah, but they're not very good. So, yeah. Like, but then they're getting booked. Yeah. Right. Because they're cheap. So here's what's happened. The DJs in the 1980s, and I'm not even joking you, the standard club rate mm-hmm. for a DJ hasn't fucking changed to now. We're talking like 30 years and the DJs are still making $250, $300 a night, like the same amount to do a nightclub. And it's like, why are we not getting you know what I mean? More yeah. money than we were getting right. because the new, because the problem is there's a bit of a fame that comes to being a DJ, right? There's a bit of a, you're like center of the crowd and everybody sees you. And right. So then people want that. They want that hookup, but they also think that like DJ life, they're like, Oh man, like people used to always go, dude, you work at Nick's? You must get fucking laid all the time. I'm like, no, right. at, at all. In fact, they cock blocked me half the time. <laughs> no, that actually happened to me once. So I never hooked up with any of the girls. Right. And I think part of the reason I was successful there was like because he did. I never, hooked, I never flirted with you guys. Yeah. Like I wasn't a scumbag. I like brought them coffee at the beginning of their shift, right. and I was cool with them. And I'd always be like, get to know them as a person. But I wasn't like, what are you doing later? Trying to be a fucking creep. But then, like, I remember some girls would cross the line. Like one time, I drove a couple girls home after work. They needed a ride, so one girl got my number, and it was a girl that I didn't even like. I wasn't even close with. But she got my number from one of the bouncers and I actually was like, I met a girl and like she stayed over and we were sleeping and it was like 4am and my phone rang and I picked it up and I'm like, hello. And she's like, Hey, I'm at this party and I need a ride home. Like, can you take me home? And I'm like, who the fuck is this? She's like, it's like fucking bubbles or something. I'm like, what the fuck? And so like I hang up the phone, the girl's like, who the fuck was that? 
And then I'm like, oh, it's like a dancer. She's like, fuck this, I'm out. Like she literally like was like, oh, I'm not dating a guy who has fucking strippers calling him at four o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, that's not a normal thing. But the, I understood right. what she was saying. Like she was like, fuck right. this, because there's a perception of yeah. like. But what's crazy to me was like the majority of the dancers, and I could speak like because you're like straight edge, right? Weren't into like partying and drugs and shit like that. Most, now they are. Obviously, a lot of them are. But I would right. say there's still there's like a there's a lot of girls that it was a fucking business transaction, and Absolutely. they were smart and they knew how to fucking manipulate the system. They came to work. It was a job. They had a fucking man or a husband or a boyfriend or whatever. They were faithful. It was like business. Same with yeah. models. Like there's models that go to shoots that are like full-on porn shoots and they're professional right. right when i did fuck when I, the first porn star that i ever photographed was the most professional fucking person i ever worked with right yeah but then these like some of these like tfp girls were like dirty birdies man and they're <laughs> like dirty yeah they were dirty birdies and same thing with the dancers it's like like some of the most unprofessional ones are the most yeah. unprofessional See, ones i'm happy you say the business thing because you probably think this too we have stuff to show for right like there's so many girls that make oh, yeah. decent money. Spend it. Don't have a car. Nope. They don't have a car. Have nope. They invent a little they, apartment. I'm like, what? Those are the ones that call people like me at 4 a.m. and get rides. Right. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I bought three houses. Right. Like, where? What? But right. see, the thing was, is though, and, but it's funny because like, like we became friends from that yeah. environment, but that's because I looked at, I didn't look at you as a dancer. Yeah. I looked at you as right. somebody taking advantage of a business as a business person. Yeah. Right. You were like, I'm like, I'm taking advantage of this DJ shit. You're taking advantage of this dancing shit. We're both doing well. Right. Like, but the girls that were like doing drugs and doing yeah. stupid shit and spending all their money on dumb shit, like those are the ones that either A, burn out, B, they ain't definitely be friends with me. Like, right. And those are the ones that I couldn't stand. I just think if you're making money, you should be Ubering every day for three years. I just yeah. don't understand. Like, I just, I don't know. It's one thing if you like have a car, you want to be responsible because you know you might be like drinking. Yeah, or, that's so different. But it's like, when you're like, bombing rides at the end of the night but, you know like, but here's the thing is girls for. here's the thing is that the girls that come in and get super fucked up on their shifts to Ooh. me are unprofessional but the same as the dj like i know djs that do that i know djs that go to bars and their tab exceeds what they got paid from the club yes. and i'm like why are you fucking djing that. like what's the point if you're just gonna drink your tab like right and some bars will give you like a 50 dollars yeah. tab or whatever for as sure. a dj and you know what i do with that i give that away so yeah. like even at mix i used to like if I saw a dude sitting there, and especially if he's throwing money, I'd go over to Whitey and I'd be like, "Yo, send him, send him my yeah, shot," right. because like, or somebody would buy me a shot, we'll and I would send it, it yeah. I would send it out to the, or I'd give it to the girls, right, like yeah. if they were cool. But the reason was like, girls like you came in professional, you did your job, you went home. Yeah, right. Girls that came in and were like, blah, 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 like all fucking in. sloppy drunk, right. yeah. but they're drunk when they came yeah. in, and I'm like, how are you going to function? And but, it's it's crazy to me because these girls make a shit ton of money. Yeah. And uh, so it's kind of like I, I, I when know, I visited you, when I visited you, to pretend to be like sloppy. No, and I can't. That's the thing. Right. That's why I do so. No, because like there. here's the thing. When I visited you, right, we went we went back and did the dances and stuff, right. So when I came out, like she had to go dance. So the uh-huh. other girls in the club saw that they're I had like been vultures. in private, like vultures. So they're like, "Ooh, he was in private. I'm gonna come back and." But I'm like, but they don't know. But I'm like, bitch, I know. Like I know. I've DJed for a thousand versions of you, right? right? So I know you. And then they and it was the sloppy ones. That would come oh, over man. and they'd be like this. They'd be like, hey, you want to go back and drive it? And I'm like, and it was like a Simpsons character. And I'm looking yeah. at them like, no. I didn't know that reminds me of Paris Hilton from South Park. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, Paris Hilton, that's the best. Oh. And, and they were like, and they were like, oh, do you, you want to go back and drive it? And I'm like, 
I'm not that guy. Like, I, and I literally told him, I'm like, I'm friends with Victoria. Like, I'm here. They to, hate hearing like, that shit. And I'm like, I'm here to hang out with her. And that's it. Like, I'm not right. here. I'm not the customer. Right. Like, read the room. <laughs> beat, beat it. Yeah. And then, and then my friend ended up getting, he fell for that shit. Oh, well, it's his first I mean, No, I know. Right. And, he, and so, but I let him. I like, let him, I let him. Yeah. I'm like, go learn, son. Go learn. I do think it's okay if girls drink. Right. Like, and but. They still do their job. Right. Yeah. And they get other people paid for it. But the girls who, like, get sloppy, fallen over, and no. have to pay for their own shit. Right. What's Why the, are you there? What's the... Yeah. yeah. And I mean, l- like, luckily I've only... There hasn't only, like, been so many. There's, like... I mean, there's been nights when I was dancing, and I would get, like, fucked up. <laughs> I mean... And I'm waiting to be like, do you need a do ride? ride? Do I need to take you home? Right. But, I mean, that would be, like... I mean, I would drink every night at work when I was dancing, but like getting fun. Oh, I mean, right. there was times where I would get really fucked up. Mm-hmm. But I think I went through. Yeah. Fa- I went through. I think I went through phases though. Yeah. Like I yeah. think there was like just a time. Like there was like five years ago, I was just like drinking every single fucking yeah. night, and I was like, Ugh. I was like, I'm. These girls are so much younger than me. Like, yeah, self awareness. I, I need to like, stop. I need to like. I need to act my fucking age. Like I'm just going out every night. I'm drinking yeah. this and that. Yeah. But like. I mean, I can see, like, these girls going through phases and shit, but there's, like, some people like that new it's just, one. like, every night. Yeah. Right. The new girls that, like, don't kind of really get it. I mean, oh, there's yeah. some girls that... I, look, I had DJ nights where, like, I, like I'm like i not going to sit there and say, like, I'm holier than thou. I have some parties right. when I was Absolutely. a DJ. Dude, there was a night... My One of my favorite stories was, like, I DJed at Granby Theater, and I used to be one of the residents there, mm-hmm. like, all their big parties. I got so... I don't even remember what, like, if it was a New Year's or a... Or a like Halloween, I don't know what it was, but I got so hammered. Mm-hmm. I woke up in the Hilton, right down the street. Yeah, and I'm like, nice. and I woke up in the, and I'm like, I woke up in a hotel room by myself. And I'm like this. I woke up like, oh shit! I checked my kidneys. I'm like, did somebody fucking steal <laughs> my kidneys? Then I'm like, did I take a girl here? Like, what happened? Like, what happened to me? And and this was like, this is like back. I would say probably two about two years, two and a half years before my kid was born. So I was a little, going a little harder in the paint, you know, right. when I was DJing. Yeah, I was so scared and I came down to the desk and I'm like hi and the guy's like can I help you sir and I'm like I don't know how I got here and he's like oh are you the DJ from last night and I was like I am a DJ yes and he's like you're good man your car's in the parking garage all your gears in it he's like they took you from the club and like deposited you here and like we parked your car I'm like I fucking love these people yeah so like the crew at the theater at the time was like so dope and I was like and that was like kind of one of my awakenings too like I'm like and by the way I had about Twenty thousand dollars worth of equipment in my yeah. truck, so I'm like, I can't, yeah, be risking that shit, you know. So you learn, but you're gonna have those nights. But also, I felt comfortable at that place, yeah. so like, I wouldn't do that at a standard gig, or especially like my first time being at a gig. Mm-hmm. That was one of those like, it was like home to me, and I was like, yeah. hey. And then the owner was like, yeah, you can, you know, you can drink and this. So like, you know, we did get out of hand. But the thing is, you also have to have that maturity to look at yourself and yeah. go like, this isn't safe. I can't keep doing this. This is my job. Like yeah. this is how I make my money. You know how often I hear, "Well, I can't work unless I drink." I oh. mean, yes, I will say that. Well, I mean, a, a drink is different. Uh, Some of these girls have to be like plastered to do it. To do it, yeah. yeah. They have to. They have to get plastered. I mean, like, yes. Sometimes it's really fucking hard to be at work and not have a fucking personality. Like, if it's slow, if yeah. it's just a bit, or if there's people there but yeah. nobody's yeah. tipping, like. You have to make your own fun, and like, unfortunately, drinking is yeah. Well, you're you're a performer, right? And And so, like, if you're not feeling it, people aren't going to feel it. I mean, if you have like that personality shot or two, 
Yeah. You know, you start well, yeah. a little bit better, but, but it's just personality like personality shot. Yeah. <laughs> that personality shot ends up sloppy drunk. Yeah. Sloppy drunk. Becomes but that's personality like tension. Yeah. It's like that's yeah. all self. But see, it's it's crazy because like as a DJ too, you know, we say when you DJ for a room with five people in it, right? When the club first opens, you DJ with the same energy as if there's 500 people in right. it. And and good DJs will do that. Right. I've DJed empty clubs before. I mean, we all have. If you did it long enough, you're going to DJ a bomb night. You should dance like, like that. You know, people, it, yeah. But same thing. You should dance. Yeah. Because the thing, my good thing is like, you don't know who's going to walk in that door. And if you're like up there, like half-assing it, people are going to walk. I saw people... I saw people early nights, like at Minx, walk in, see somebody half-assed on stage, and, walk, and then or the girls wouldn't come out because they'd be in the back, and then they'd see like two girls in the club, and they're like, <laughs> they'd be like, I'm leaving, and they leave. Right. But I'm like, if they walked in and saw vibe, that's what happened to me on um, Saturday. Um, I went into bartend at seven. There were no girls, so the there was this one customer in there. As I was coming in, he was about to leave. And he was like, oh, you're coming in? And I was like, yeah. He goes, well, I'm, I'm going to stay for a little bit. So the girl that was bartending before me, I had asked her, I was like, you know, do we, you know, do we have any girls? I don't know if she had any. I don't think she did. But um, she was sitting with one of her bar regulars. And um, the guy that stayed, he was like, so, you know, who's going to dance? And he was like talking to the girl that bartended before yeah. me. She was like, oh, I don't dance. And I went up to her. I was like, girl, let's make some fucking money. Just so I went, up, I went up to this dude and I was today. like, I was like, she's going to get on, on stage for a song. I was like, do you want to tip her? I was like, let's, let's tip her. He put out a hundred dollar bill. And I was like, do you want, I was like, do you want me to go with you to the stage? And he's like, yeah. So I sat there and I put the money like in front of him. Yeah. And I just took a little bit and I was doing this. He's like, is that all you're going to give her? I I didn't want to just like, of course, I, didn't, I don't, I didn't want Take to, his whole stack. I didn't want to assume it was yeah. going to be all for her, but he was just like, keep going. So I gave her a hundred dollars and you know, he was like, are you going to get on stage? And I was like, fuck it. Uh, I'll yeah. do it. Yeah. And so he gives, you know, gives me another hundred dollars to go, you know, yeah. you know, for me, I did a fucking one song in sneakers yeah. and he, I got a hundred bucks. But you know, you provided him an experience. Yeah. Right? right. And that to me, when you go to a club like that, or you go to a uh, go-go bar or a titty club, whatever you want to call it, you go for an experience. You go for right. a story. Yeah. Like my friend that I brought in has a story. Right. You know he what I mean? Like, exactly. Right. And yeah. then like, you don't just go to just kill time. You go because you want a story. Right. So you provided an experience in a dead club, which actually was probably better than if it was busy. Right. And that dude left there like, yo, that was like, you feel VIP. You feel like they went out of their way. Right. Right. And you feel like you spent your money. They're on not, dan- they're not dancers. I got the bartenders on exactly. stage. Yeah. Then, but that's a, an experience yeah. and a story. And it's like, you pay for that experience. He spent $200 in 10 minutes that's why people go people don't understand a lot of club owners don't understand this especially if they have like a vip people don't get a vip because they want you know they're some people are introverts and they want to be separated but for the most part they want vip because they want an experience they want the bottle with the sparkle they want the girls they want to be separate they want a peacock right right? they want that like everybody look at me you know and some club owners i will say they understand that and they set up their vip that way Mm -hmm. so that it is an experience because you're spending Whatever, four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars. You want it to. You want to feel like shit compared to everybody else. That's why people do it. I don't care what they say. That's the reason. It's about right. peacocking. Look at me, you know, because you earn that money and you want to yeah. spend that money and you want to have an experience and a story to tell. That's what I say when I try to look tough. I say I try to peacock people. Show <laughs> <laughs> my tattoos. <laughs> peacock. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's like that is is really I think what is missing from clubs nowadays. A lot of clubs, both show bars. 
Yeah. Well, no, yeah. is that is that vibe? It's that yeah. party atmosphere. It's that hype. Right. It's that like energy, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like when you lose the DJ, you lose that person that reads that room. You lose that empath. Right. You lose that person yeah. that creates that vibe and the hype. Now you got a bouncer. You got some dude at the friggin' collecting the, the thing with a wireless mic going. That's something just made. Blah blah blah. Like that dude's not doing it. He's not hype because he doesn't give a shit. He's getting paid regardless, right? That one of the reasons why you left. Uh, no, that's not why I left. No, I mean, I gotta go home eventually, right? No, that's not why. Why did you leave? Why did we leave that night? What did I have? Oh, no, why why did you leave DJ? Oh, why did I leave DJ? Oh, no, 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 I thought you meant the club that night. I'm like, why did I leave that? You had to leave. I didn't sleep. I had an event in the morning, right? You had a DJ after. Oh, I did Bugatti's that night. Yeah. That's right. I forgot about oh, that. Oh, after party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're yeah, like, if you want to come, it's like... Uh, the That's right, yeah, because I was like, hey, you guys should come to Bugatti's. Which, by the way, I am the resident DJ and booker at Bugatti's, which is awesome because it's open at 1 a.m., 1.30. That's the first here, right? Yeah, it's right on the street, College Place. It goes till 5 in the morning, house music all night long. I bring in the best house music DJs in Hampton Roads. Well, here's what's crazy is like two, but that's the, it used to be a nightlife spot where people like the dancers and the and the bartenders used to yeah. come out and party there. So I've been trying to get that again, like, hey, everybody come to Bugatti's when you're done. Bring your customers, right. like, like your regulars, come out to Bugatti's, party. Um, that place is doing it right because they that is hype. That it it right. reminds me of a New York style, European style nightclub. Yeah. Like it is house music and dance music all night. Everybody's out there on the floor, like, hey, hey, hey. And they're all partying. And, like, the videos, you, you see the DJs posting the videos. It's, like, it's that shit that got me into DJing. Right. And most of the DJs even say, like, this is the only club around here where it's, like, all night it's, like, hype as fuck. At 4 a.m., you got people singing along. Like, yeah. it's no, cool. I'm tired at, like, 9.30. I'm like, she's not even in work. And she's already tired. Yeah. I'm tired now. <laughs> I like it. I'm 45, and I'm still doing that shit. We got a DJ that's 65 at fucking Bugatti's. DJ Class, shout out. This dude is an OG. He started DJing in 1975. And this motherfucker is Damn. doing after hours club. Like, and yo, he is a beast. But that dude's underground house. Like, he is, he's like, I call him the triple OG. Like, he's just the man. Like, I tell people, he was DJing before you were born. So, and that dude's yeah, still sleeping. Literally. literally. But why I left. Why I left was uh, a couple of reasons. I wrote some little notes down. But, like, one was like my kind of like, it wasn't my age as much. Because I am 45. I'm one of the older DJs in Hampton Roads. But believe it or not, the average age of most DJs in Hampton Roads, they're pretty old. Like, we got a lot of yeah. old DJs around here. Um, I, I don't, yeah, like, I don't know of any, like, younger ones. Like, there I there are, ones, like, electronic music scene. There's a lot of, like, 19, 20, 21 But I mean, year old DJs. He, like, around, well, in this area, yeah. you know. Yeah, you won't. But the main, the main rotating DJs that do, like, the big yeah, clubs, they're all, they're all, like, 30s. Like, yeah, like still the, fucking kids. 30s and above. Yeah, yeah. Still oh, yeah. DJ it. Silver, dude, DJed here. He's like fifty something years old too. Like, like they've been doing it so long. Yeah, they're like, yeah. really fucking good at it. So they well, just keep them around. you're right, and and so and also like what what is like DJs have forgotten is how to book yourself, how to market yourself, right. like the business aspect of DJing, right? And also we're professional. Like we go in, we do our job. They know we're not going to run up a bar tab and do stupid shit and bring punks around. So like a lot of the clubs would rather work with an older professional DJ, right? Um, but I left because at the time I had a young daughter. Um, I was still with her mom at the time. Um, eventually, like two years, when she was like two years old, me and her split. And so like that's about when I really laid off DJing because I was a single dad and I had to learn how to do that, right? Right. And I had her the majority of the time. So I'm like, okay, I got to learn how to like braid hair and like, you know, throw tea parties and do all this stuff, right? Because tea parties different than DJ at mix. DJ tea parties. I do DJ for my daughter all the time. She actually, so my daughter, my daughter's about to turn six and she drums. I got her an electric drum set. She drums while I DJ. Like, that's, oh, that's I'm teaching her to drum, so it's cool. But 
like that was one of the reasons. Part of the other reason was I. So while all that was going on, I retired in 2018 from the Coast Guard. Uh-huh. Started. I kept DJing, and then I got into the coffee and, and cigar business. So I, my first business, I opened up a cigar shop right across the street in that private parking lot over there that I showed you. Yeah. I had a really cool trolley. I, I literally got a trolley car from Rhode Island, turned it into a cigar lounge. It was dope as fuck. Like. It, was, it took me a year to get the whole thing off the ground, but it was going, and then COVID hit the uh, night I had my opening event. God damn, COVID oh, fucked damn. Are you going to redo it? Like, kind of reopen it? Unfortunately, I, sunk, I had to bankrupt that business. I sunk a ton of money into it. So then, also, luckily, right before, I started another business with a bunch of veterans. It's my first coffee company. Um, we did that for about two years. The partnership kind of soured. We had, oh, four, yeah. we had four owners. Went yeah. down to one now. Everybody kind of left. Um, I left the company two years ago. Sold mm-hmm. my shares. Uh, got picked up by Townsend and Cold Press as their coffee roaster. Uh, then started my consulting company. I roast for like five or six different coffee companies. I've got my own now, uh, Mortem Labs, which at the end we'll talk about the, the link and everything. She yeah. modeled my clothes. Yeah, we'll add all of that. Yeah, I made her a bikini Not, oh, just yeah. for her to yeah. wear. Oh, yeah, actually, like with my logos yeah. on her titties, it was awesome. Like, and it had calm like a bomb on the butt. Although you forgot to do a butt shot, but I know. But it was it's cool. not too late. I can no, I know. Do it. it was calm like a bomb, and it had like a, a pineapple like as a grenade, like oh, with skeleton cool. hands pulling the pin. It was Maybe cool. I'll bring it when we shoot with Dennis. Yeah, yeah just do the butt. Um, so we did so we did that and then i got into the latte syrup uh business um after going to the coffee expo and meeting the owner of the company he had no distributor this Uh was one of those hey who's your distributor in the u.s i don't have one and i was like i'll do it (laughs) and it was like but in my mind i'm like i need to start another company crap like but i did right and that's going really well so um so yeah, so that's kind of why I left because to me, so I left, but then I didn't, right? Yeah. Because in 2023, the beginning of the year, back. Bugatti's called me and was like, hey, we need a house music DJ. We right. let our DJ go. And I was like, I can't do every Friday and Saturday till 5 a.m. Like I got a kid. Right. Like I just can't do it. I don't have the energy at my age. I said, but instead of being like the resident, why don't I just book you awesome house music DJs? Like right. I'll bring in the best DJs from like Sunnyside Collective, Peabody's, all these different promotions yeah. and mm-hmm. clubs. And like, and then that way we bring in that nightlife crowd. So I, that has been going on for the last nine months. And then I also threw a music festival at New Realm Brewing in the spring. Next year I'm throwing it again. Uh-huh. And in the spring and fall. So we're doing so two it's, it's yours? Yes. Under one house. Hmm. You guys can dance for that if you want to. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to dress up like a giant coffee bean. Whatever you want. Yeah. Big inflatable bean costume. Do it. Um, no, I mean, I'm, I'm fine. That'd be cool. Um, no, so it's like, so I wanted to do, um, so basically my dream was to throw a music festival. So in 2022, I was like, you know what? The, the only thing I haven't done as a DJ is throw a music festival, mm-hmm. like my own festival. And I was like, so I was DJing car shows at New Realm and the, the GM came out and he was like, he's like, oh, you're actually DJing? I was like, yeah. He's like, dude, you should do something here. And I was like, I really want to throw a music festival, like all day, big stage, like 10, 11 DJs. He's like, let's do it. So we put it together. We did it. It's called Under One House. It was awesome. I brought in, like I said, Sunnyside Collective, Peabody's DJs, you know, uh, Skybar, like you name it. I just picked yeah. DJs from all these different circles, brought them together under one house. That's where that came from. Oh, that's so, cool. When is the next one going to be? So in the spring, again, we don't have the exact date yet. Ours, so we got nine of the 11 DJs played, mm-hmm. and then it got rained out, This is the, the last portion. So that's why he wanted to do a fall one. Uh-huh. This fall, it was too short a notice. He wanted me to throw one actually at the end for Oktoberfest. And uh-huh. I was like, I need more than three weeks to put a festival together. 
So I said, let's do, we had vendors. I mean, it was yeah. pretty cool. We had an inflatable, I had a big all white inflatable bounce house. Like Aww. it was dope. Like it was a dope festival. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was fun. All the DJs, like for the DJs, I actually got them steins uh-huh. with their logo on it. Oh, so like cool. every DJ had their own stein and then uh-huh. I got a keg for, yeah. for just the DJs. So the well, DJs basically cool. just like free beer all night. So uh, it was dope. So anyway, we're going to do that again. Um, but that's kind of what brought me back in. And then of course, like the DJs that I worked with, like Sunnyside is a big promotion in the area. They do stuff at Waterside and stuff. So John... Jay Parrish, he was like, hey, let me book you for this and let me book you for that. So I've done some Peabody's nights. So I would say like I'm back, but I'm back in like a limited capacity. Right. So, so what he's saying is he has two businesses that can sponsor the podcast. Yeah. Mortem Labs will sponsor. I'll do that but, shirt. Yeah. You just, gotta wear, a... you just got to wear like Mortem Labs. So this is a Mortem Labs shirt. Give me coffee or give me a bit. Because like, yeah. we want to do Exotica. Be a good mushroom. We talked about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, look, I'm, I'm in. So, 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 we'll, so, we'll talk. <laughs> Someone stole your car. That's the third. Right? That would be the, the third. You yeah. want to tell them what happened real quick? Is that when we pull it up in this bitch? A fucking... You got to put the video in the podcast. Oh, God. Yeah, I got to wait for insurance for that one. A fucking lime bicycle blew off the sidewalk into the side of my car. Can you tell them what happened the day before? The day before, the, my ceiling <laughs> in my living room, dining room fell in. Like I, the whole ceiling? The whole down. ceiling. And you have to do that too. I have to get the entire ceiling replaced. Yeah. Entire. Well, yeah, because you don't want to patch it because if it fell in one area, it's going to fall in another area. Yeah. And yeah. Like front it's back being, it's, yeah, all of it. Like, you know you have a hole in your ceiling? No. Oh. You know, my whole life just crashing down on me. See, like, I, like we were able to screw it, like what was like low yeah. up there for temporary, because they can't do anything until the insurance. Of course, yeah, 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 yeah. You don't want to. So, yeah. I'm fucking. I like the look of the exposed beams. It's very HGTV. I, I wish I could. I wish I could vault the ceilings. I'm like, man. I do like that it's open and airy. But I need this shit done. See, look, that's positive thinking. That's positive. Positive I mean, thoughts. Like the only reason I'm not freaking out about both of these situations is because I have insurance. That's why so we have it. I have a feeling something is going to happen to me. Because I have insurance, like health insurance. So don't think that if way. we're, You're do- if we're doing the insurance thing, I think we might be, you know, first right. So <laughs> I'm going to just sit in my house like this. Maybe you put a live video in. Maybe live will sponsor the podcast. Fuck, they better, man. Like, just buff this bitch out. That looks crazy no, in the video because no it didn't. Mess. It wasn't like it went like this. Yeah. It just was like it literally, solid and then it just went. It literally <laughs> looked like a ghost. Yeah, it looked like it pushed it, pushed it over. And like, I go, like I go and talk to these uh, the security. And first off, I don't look like I should be walking in this building anyway. Like, you know. And they're like, "Can we help you?" And I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Your security cameras out front?" Because you're like, "What about them?" I was like, "Can I?" I was like, "Am I able to like get them?" And he was like, "What happened?" I was like, "You're not gonna fucking believe this." <laughs> yeah. Oh, they, 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 you'd be surprised. Like I said, we're in the, we're at the corner of downtown Norfolk right now in a closed down coffee shop that's closed to the public. Yeah. Uh, that we're just, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm doing stuff out of here. 
uh, temporarily until I move out of this location. Um, and I have seen the craziest stuff downtown Norfolk has to offer. Like, you yeah. think, like, it's a nice building, but I'll tell you what, some of the stuff that happens out front on the street is like, very nice. oh, no, sir. When I had my cigar shop across the street, I, like, first day in the cigar shop, me and my, my dad was visiting. We sat out front. We're like, let's go sit out front and have a cigar. We hadn't built a patio yet or anything like that. So we sat out front. And we're sitting there. We're smoking a cigar. And I'll, I'll never forget. Dude rolls up, puts his bike on a kickstand, walks five feet to the Wells Fargo ATM. Right, he's at the ATM, and this dude comes running down the block. I'm talking. This dude is like sprinting, right? Jumps like a long jumper, like in the track and field, and lands on the bicycle and takes it. As he lands on the bicycle, his feet hit the pedals like perfect, and he immediately started pedaling. And this dude, I wish I could have videoed it. I was in awe watching this, and he bucked around the corner. That dude was halfway down this block before the guy at the ATM realized what happened. He turned around, was like, "My bike! What the fuck?" And he turns around and that dude was gone. Like oh. he was gone. And that was back before they knocked the projects down like yeah. up the street. He went right into there. So I remember like watching security came out and they like tried to pull the video and figure it out. It was the craziest bike theft I've ever seen. Oh. That's the kind of shit that happens on this block. So I mean. Is there anything else you want to plug in? No, I mean, I would just like to say, you know, to the club owners out there, especially the dance club owners where y'all work, just get some damn DJs, man. Like I know it's a couple extra hundred bucks, but like, vibe and atmosphere is super important and if you get the right dj he's gonna create that there's nightclubs i'm not gonna name any names but there's nightclubs that want to literally on slow nights do spotify instead of a dj because they just don't want to spend that 200 bucks and i'm just like dude it's 200 bucks but you'll make that back and and most djs will bring people out like generally my friends that come out are going to spend more drinking than you're going to pay me right so it's like that alone pays for itself yeah but and most places have like a like a cover charge too. So some, some do, some don't. Around right. just cover charge weird. So, yeah, it is. Um, I've never had a cover charge. Really weird. <laughs> no, I was gonna say, when do you pay a cover charge, please? Never. Um, in New York. Oh, oh, in New York, everybody pays. And cover we couldn't get in without a man. We weren't allowed in the strip club without a man. We had a pinky promise that we were gonna be good. Really? Literally, we pinky wow. promised this man, the yeah. bouncer, that we weren't talk to the customer. And of course, oh, because he probably thought you were gonna try to purr. Like, yeah, right. Uh, and as yeah. soon as customers came in, they saw us and tried to talk to us. And we're like, nope. Uh-uh. nope. And you're like, you're that makes sense because if you see two girls by themselves, yeah, you, yeah. We were I tipping. But we, yeah, we were tipping. We're and like, we have money. We yeah. don't have to throw it. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. of course. Yeah, that's New York. But yeah, so, um, but that's it with that. And I just thank you guys for giving me yeah, a yeah, chance to reminisce you. about it's some old stories. And, we'll plug um, in your stuff. Yeah, yeah. So like I said, Mortem Labs is uh, is my coffee personal coffee brand. Um you know, I'm really, I'm an artisan, you know, roaster. I got into coffee when I was in the military. Um, I would spend a lot of time in South America. Ended up, again, kind of linking up with the right people. It's all about who you meet, right? And if, right. I'm a, as you can tell, I talk. So I always meet people. Yeah, you do. And, and I, <laughs> I know, I do. I'm a mouth, man. But uh, that's how I get into a lot of the shit that I get into. I talk yeah. my way into it. Yeah. And, uh, Nothing wrong with that. But I love coffee. It's my passion and my craft. So like I said, I DJ kind of still on occasion. Right. Coffee is my thing. Um, and that's something I'm going to continue with. So we'll get you the link, links. We do a lot of cool apparel. So what's your Instagram? Uh, my personal Instagram is, uh, it's the real Mikey V and it's like R three A L. So the real Mikey V that's my like DJ personal one. Um, Mortem labs is my, uh, coffee Instagram. So you can check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. Yeah. We're going to come out with cool new shirts. My artist does some dope shit. She's going to model. I made her like my Instagram. She's like my Mortem labs model. So yeah. 
Which is funny because I, when I came up with the brand, I remember saying to myself, like, Victoria would be the perfect model for the brand. Like, here I am. But then she contacted me out of the blue and was like, hey, if you want me to model some of your stuff, like, I'll totally do it. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I made that shit happen with my mind. Like, I manifested that. And then that's where that came from. So it's uh, it's cool. My most viewed photos are the ones of you, of course. Because my ass is out. Everything's out. That's not all. I'm not scared. I'm not scared. But yeah, but we'll get you some stuff too. Oh, yeah. You know, sport it. We can mod together. Yeah. Well, you guys got the new, I gave you guys the music festival shirt, so you guys got to do some uh-huh. cool pictures of the music we'll festival shirts. You have to bring a fucking selfie that shit. Oh, I mean, but yeah, we have a professional yeah, partner. Yeah, yeah, I'll leave that. Well, thanks for yes. joining us. Thank you guys. Thank you. Hell yeah, this is, yeah. I would like awesome. to say also, if you're not out supporting these ladies, get your ass out to the club. Uh, Victoria is amazing on stage and in the private VIP. I'm not going to talk about what happened. No, I'm just kidding. What happened? Whoa, no, no. Whoa. I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, she's awesome. And I, even just talking, like we were just talking back there. Like we were just shooting the shit. Um, and then bartending, you were my bartender that night. You yeah. didn't know me then, so you didn't know you were my bartender, but. Yeah. We were busy. He came in there for us. Yeah. yeah. Awesome bartender. Next time I'll actually say hi to you. Yeah. She just dances too. You do dance? So she does dances. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, now you, you do the do. one. Yeah, when it's not busy, when it's slow. So hop in and see them. Follow them on social media, too. And uh, I'm going to make sure I post this on my stuff. So if you're one of my friends or followers listening, follow these ladies. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. This isn't coming out until like three weeks from now. Yeah, you got to process it and all that shit. So So. thanks for joining us. I'm Victoria. I'm Sarah D. Lucky me. Bye.